What is good and welcome to the Talking with TK podcast. I am your host, TK, Thomas Kenyon. Thank you for giving us a listen. This episode, we bring on guest and my longtime friend, Abraham Barrow. We talk about the intricacies of the International Baccalaureate Program at Lincoln High School, our professional careers, LinkedIn, college, and so much more. Disclaimer, the audio on this episode is a little strange with our left-right balance, as you can probably tell right now as I am talking primarily out of your left ear. Despite this, the content is amazing, so please give it a listen. As always, the Talking with TK podcast is in collaboration with Uncrustables. Go pick them up at your local grocery store. They surpass any other form of sandwich. And we are sponsored by Quail Valley Golf Course, where you can hit birdies on the course and in the air. Go play Quail Valley Golf Course. Thank you and enjoy the episode. What is up? Welcome to Talking with TK. I'm your host, Thomas Kane. I am here with Abraham Barrow. Good to be here, TK. Good and to be here. I'm so stoked to be starting this podcast. I've been spending a lot of days bored at work listening to podcasts, and they just got me thinking that I need to have my own. So here we are. So I'd like to start off by taking a time to kind of remember when Abe and I first met. And I believe it was in third grade. I was in third grade, he was in fourth grade, and we were on Sounds the same right. we were on the same lacrosse team. So what do you remember from that, Abe? Ooh, okay. Fifth grade lacrosse. Who did we have that year? Coach Lawler? Coach mm, probably Lawler, yeah. Yeah, Coach Lawler says so one of the many uh Lincoln Lacrosse dads of old. Uh I remember, let's see, I started playing, I think, the year before, and no, I started playing in third grade, so I already played for a couple years, and I was this just super bummy, short stick uh, defender, uh, and I just had no idea what I was doing, but uh, I think fifth grade I started playing goalie, maybe, but before that is when I met, uh, obviously, you, Thomas, and your brother, but I remember just suddenly there was these two, like, really short kids who were really good, but the thing, my, my one core memory of that is that I remember seeing you in one of the ski racing t-shirts that I had had from a ski race I had been to. And I was like, no way, how do you have that? And it turned out we were on the same ski team too, which was really just a remarkable coincidence, I guess, and the start of a start of quite an era. Yeah, I remember the same thing. It was definitely, we met first through lacrosse, and then we figured out that we were both on the Meadows race team. Shout out the Meadows race team. Of course. Shout out Team Merck, Team Fun. Yeah, Love such it. a such a great ski racing team. I think I spent eight years, nine years with the team. You were about the same. And it's funny because at that point, you were much more into ski racing than I was, and I would say I was more of like the lacrosse player. Um, but we kind of balanced out as we went on. And then yeah. Abe took a bit of a hiatus from lacrosse, but then joined us last yeah. year. Returned for my senior year. Really, yeah. Good, it, good times, but I think... You're definitely one of the people that I've spent the most time with just in summary outside my family because of the many long days of skiing and standing in the rain and several lacrosse tournaments over the years. But uh, we started off through lacrosse, but I think it ended up being uh, largely skiing, but then kind of finished with lacrosse over the past few years, which has been good. Definitely. I, I mean, ski racing really brings people together. Like those days, Mount Spokane, especially in the Northwest, you're going to have Truly brutal weather. Spokane waking up at 7 a.m. because you still have an hour drive, even though you had to travel travel for the race already. Can we? I feel like PNSA should make an agreement just to never host a race at Mount Spokane ever again. Yeah, for sure. Either they should have to put in 
Um, we got some big sounds there from moving around the mic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Mount Spokane is uh, Mount Spokompton, as we like to call it. Right. Is truly some of the worst, the worst when it comes to Pacific Northwest skiing. I remember uh, my dad was going there for the first time, and he asked me about it, and I said uh, three things will definitely happen, and those are that. The weather will suck. It'll probably rain. Uh, it'll be super foggy, and the lift will break because they have this probably forty-year-old ski lift that barely works. And sure enough, all three of those things happen, as do most times at Mount Spokane. So, but yeah, Mount Spokane is a tough place, especially when you have to like travel to it. Usually, when you're traveling, you you're hoping for somewhere at least decent, and then you you pull up to Spokane and you don't get it. I mean, it is not decent at all. There, there's some gems on the circuit. It's not one of them. It's not. Uh, advice, I got a lot of homies going to Gonzaga next year. Uh, go to Schweitzer or Go to Red. Schweitzer. Go to Schweitzer. Go to, go to Canada, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Do not go to Mount Spokane. Whatever it is for. If the lift ticket is over $10, it's not <laughs> worth it. No. All right. Actually, I had one good day there once. Oh, I heard about that day, actually. One day I went there, and it was... About zero degrees Fahrenheit and kind of windy, but it had snowed like a foot and a half and it was still snowing, but it was too much for the janky old ski lift. So we had to go to the other side of the mountain and we were just free skiing because the race got canceled. And it was truly incredible. It was throughout the day, probably about waist deep snow and just a great time. Of course, all the girls on the team were decided it was not, it was too cold and too windy to go outside. It was like me and the coach and like one other kid skiing, but it was truly incredible. Yeah, you were at an interesting time at MRT when oh, yeah. you were like the only 2003 boy, so you were traveling to all these races yeah. like yeah. with mainly girls. And then it swapped. Like when I was there, there was a, our boys contingent was super good. It yeah. was like me, Stuart, Henry, Ian, Jay Money, and we were at Porter. Mm-hmm. And we were we, love yeah, it. we were great. Yeah. It's just yeah, and really it just there's, there's been many eras of MRT and certainly closing it with the boys. The boys two years yeah. ago was Tremendous! The the uh, yeah the squad. How, we definitely did more free skiing than racing oh that God, year, but yeah. that's the way it should be. How does this compare to the the boys of Lincoln High School? Probably the strongest high school dynasty maybe ever in the state of Oregon. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's just we potentially have maybe one of the least technically gifted training staffs and coaching staffs in the state ever. Yeah, they're just, I mean, they're not focused on really the results. And as a result, when the results do happen to go their way, because they're lucky to have. They're very surprised. Great (laughs) skiers. The other coaches are often furious. Yeah. Because, you know, our coaches, they're great. They're, especially for us coming from a long background of ski racing. We were going into the high school scene just trying to chill, trying to ski with our boys. And they let us do that. And they didn't make us like train super hard. While other coaches, the mentality is different. Like, they treat high school ski racing as if it was just any other level of ski racing. You know, you're up there training a couple nights a week. Um, so for them, those coaches to put in a bunch of time, I think they were a little frustrated when the Lincoln boys would just sweep every single race, three straight state championships for the on the boys' side, and then two overall. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys did this year. I, I guess I'm pretty That's happy. True. That's with, true. with the back-to-back we pulled off. But, uh, yeah, just... It's kind of a kind of a cluster, but it's really the Lincoln ski team is all about is you know I'd say the team trip where very little constructive skiing is had. No. It's mostly about fun, 
is uh, the highlight of the season for just about everybody, while uh, other teams train a lot. We just kind of fool around and go up on Wednesdays and, you know, have an all-around good time while everybody else is uh, grinding and we get the results just because we have, frankly, more talent. So (laughs) That's really what it came down to every single day. Yeah. all right, so now we're going to be switching courses, really getting more into the thick of this episode. I have a few questions for Abe. For those of you who don't know, he's uh, just finished his freshman year at Middlebury College, which is in Vermont. Great school, you know, the liberal arts education. What yes. are our thoughts on that, Abe? How are we thinking about the liberal arts? The liberal arts? Uh, well, obviously my, my parents coming into college, uh, they both went to a liberal arts school, so uh, they both really thought liberal arts would be great for me because I'm kind of an indecisive person. I still have no idea what I want to do with my life uh, or even really major in. Uh, And and liberal arts is, I guess, been good in a lot of ways. It's kind of like high school. You just kind of take a little bit of everything. But at the same time, I think that uh, there's been some classes I've taken that I've taken because of distribution requirements that, you know, don't seem super productive. But... uh, (laughs) I think in yeah. general it's a uh, it's a good experience, and I I like I like the the small college is nice in a lot of ways because I know most people in my class, and while socially it does feel so small sometimes, overall it's uh, it's been a good time. Yeah, that, I mean it seems great. When I was thinking, uh, Abe's told me a previous that while he's undecided in his major, he's considered this one a singular major at Middlebury called what's it called? Uh, International politics and economics. It's like a it's mostly geared towards you take well it's a school that's big on econ and finance but then also there it's very good at teaching languages so it's kind of you you have to become uh, fluent in a language and through that spend either a year or a semester abroad and then also taking a heavy load of international politics classes and and uh, economics so. and you said you were considering combining that with an arabic major at one point Are you still thinking about that I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily major in Arabic. I certainly Arabic's a big reason why the reason why I picked Middlebury because it's it's arguably the greatest uh, Arabic school in the nation. Uh, their their claim to fame is that the CIA sends people there in the summer to learn uh, Arabic. Um, but I don't. And while I like Arabic, I don't know if I'm necessarily good enough to just <laughs> major in it. That seems like a lot of commitment. Uh, so I'll I'm definitely gonna take. Probably four years of it, but I don't know if I'm going to dive into the full um, cultural and other classes that are required. But who knows? Maybe I'll double major. Yeah, you touched on the CIA, and actually that's something I wanted to bring up going into this. International relations and international politics and economics combined with Arabic seem kind of like the skills uh, someone in the CIA would need. So if after college, you know, a few years, you're telling me that you're working for the government, you know, doing policy, I'm going to know that. Yeah. You're lying to me. Yeah, and if, that you're if, in the if I CIA. say I work in like produce transfer exactly. or something for the State Department, it's pro I mean, who knows, but you never know. Yeah, I'm sure that who knows, Abe might end up in the CIA. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously he won't be able to tell us, but you heard it here first that if you have this suspicion your, your, your predictions that I'm sussing I mean, him out. Le- legitimately I would say that's definitely an interest of mine, but I think at the same time I also uh have a strong interest in just kind of diplomacy in general. So who knows? You might think I'm a spy when really I'm just like some low-level bureaucrat in Jordan carrying papers. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the glamour of uh, Jason Bourne any day. Oh, of course. All right, so keeping with this academic theme, we're going to be talking about 
our alma mater, Lincoln High School. Yeah. I just graduated. Abe graduated last year. In addition to graduating with our high school diplomas, we both graduated with IB, International Baccalaureate Diplomas, which is an advanced coursework system curriculum for high schoolers all across the globe. And Lincoln is one of two high schools in Portland that offers it, along with Cleveland High School. Um, the IB Diploma program at Lincoln's pretty legendary. Uh, thanks to IB coordinator, Mr. Bliss. Um, Got to give him a shout out. He does so much for the school, a lot yeah. of which goes unrecognized. But even I are going to be diving into some of the lesser known things of the International Baccalaureate. And we're just going to be kind of giving our opinions on it. So I'm going to start off with a little hot take of the International Baccalaureate program. I think it's low-key not that hard. I actually think that, that I don't think that's that hot of a take. Yeah. I think that the coursework at times, I think, you know, when things all hit on the same week, it's difficult. Right. But I think the biggest part of why it's perceived as difficult is because everybody talks about it as being difficult. Yeah, I, it's definitely the elephant in the room a lot of times in Lincoln. Like, people don't want to talk about it, but it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the reputation of being challenging, but oftentimes without much merit. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the biggest thing of that, I know kids, so you have to write this thing called the extended essay, right, which, yeah. how many pages is it? Is it 15? 16, I think. 16, 16 pages, pages minimum. Um, and it's, you know, it's a big research paper you work on for about a year and everybody psychs himself up about it. I know like at least three or four kids who dropped out of the program and <laughs> oh, just decided yeah. to take basic classes because they were well. like, oh, it's so hard. There's no way I'm doing that. Colleges aren't going to care. Like you guys are dumb for taking <laughs> it. But legitimately... I mean, I don't know if there's a flex or not, but like I did bu- a bunch of, I did, I read like one book and did some like basic Google search research and then just wrote the entire thing in like half a week and turned it in and got a fine score. And it's just one of the things that everybody panics and people think is going to like rule their lives. But just like anything, it's all about just setting aside the time and getting things done. And ultimately, like this honestly is not really heard about, but ivy diploma maybe a name helps you get into college but your test scores do not matter no your test scores really like don't matter um we're gonna be hopping into our test scores later on but sticking with the extended essay i think i had a similar experience i didn't read any books like we were supposed to read a book all of my research came from jstor just like online journals um i actually don't think i worked on it outside of class uh i would just write like three four hundred words a day in class and then, you know, oh. a couple of days later, I had it. Like, it wasn't a big ordeal. It, it didn't have to be, like, that good. Like, I no. fully know that my extended essay was not that good. Oh, I, I I probably lost the copy of mine that I had. I probably just deleted it. It was trash. I don't really remember what I even wrote about, to be <laughs> honest with you. But, uh, yeah, it's it's basically a completion grade. You just got to get 16 pages. Yeah. You just have to hit the page mark and you will pass. Yeah. I, I'm convinced that half of the pages don't get readed. Don't get, don't get readed. Don't get read by the IB examiners. I think it would just take way too much time. Yeah. It's facts. And I mean, I know somebody who turned it in three months late and still passed in flying colors. <laughs> so yeah, if she's fine, you're all good. All right. So in addition to this research paper, the key part of the IB Diploma program is that all students wishing to get their diploma must take long tests uh, covering the entire syllabus uh, in six different courses. And at the end of 
Well, actually, on July 6th, which just happened a few weeks ago, you get all your scores back. So I'm going to be reading off my scores. Abe might know his. He might not. He might know some of them. But my scores this year were... Actually, we can go back and forth. That's okay. Me, uh, so, English. Uh, see, this is what I did. Oh, granted, I have now been kicked out of my student email. Oh. So save your scores if you have the chance. <laughs> uh, so I can't even find my, the password to get my scores. But I think in English I probably got a six. It, I mean, I, I know I didn't get a seven. I'm pretty sure I got a six. I remember I had a trash I.O., but it was actually... Well, we can go into uh, the, my testing experience after, but it was... It was one of the few tests I did take, and I did remember doing very, very well on it. So I'll, I'll say I probably got a six on that. Yeah, um, the IB scoring is out of seven, for those that don't know. Uh, seven is considered kind of like an A+, plus, a perfect grade. A six is considered an A, five more or less a B, and then so on. Uh, I got a five in English, so I got a B. Similarly, my IO is really not that good. An IO is kind of like a, a speech or a verbal essay that you have to give to your teacher. Definitely an assignment that was really tricky. I wasn't quite ready for it. Next up, uh, biology. I got a five. Uh, yep, got a five. Got I'm, a five. I'm not happy about that one. Yeah, I would say like I was fine with it. I had already committed to college, and I knew that um, all I really needed was a combined score of 30 across all six tests. So the amount of studying I did was pretty low. Um, you know, I didn't have any contingent offers or anything like that. So math. Um, analysis SL, I got a six. Five. Five. Pretty sure, pretty sure. I'll explain why I'm pretty sure on these <laughs> things in a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, languages, I took Spanish A, Lang and Lit, HL. Um, I got a five on that. Uh, I uh, did not take uh, language A. I took, I'm pretty sure, the lowest level possible of Arabic <laughs> test. Uh, I think it's called... Um, Ab initio. <laughs> Ab initio. Um, I think I got a five. Yeah, okay, five. Um, what else are we missing? Uh, history. History. I took history SL. I got a six. Six. And then last test, the one I'm most proud of, um, your optional test. You can take whatever you want. I like to take another science course. I took chemistry SL and I got a seven. I, I got a six in chem SL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you can also get... Dang, your score seems significantly higher than mine. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my I math mean, I is I feel wrong. like there's like two or three points higher, maybe. Yeah. Um... And then you can also get bonus points for your extended essay, which we talked about, and also for your TOK grade, which is like a required elective where you learn about the theory of knowledge and have to complete a few assignments that make up your grade for that course. So I got a C on my extended essay, which is, doesn't sound great, but actually is a pretty good score. Like it's, You can get a D, which is still passing. So I did got more than a minimum passing. I got a C, and then I got a B across my TOK assignments. For an additional of two out of the three bonus points, which I was pretty happy about, bringing me to a total score of 36, which is pretty good, I like to think. Uh, I don't know what I got in my individual things. I'm, I think I got an A in TOK, this is if yeah. I recall, and I don't know what I got in a, my extended essay, but uh, I know I got the two bonus points, so I, I ended up at 35. I'm 35? Sure, as I recall. Okay, pretty similar. Abe and I are both scholars. I mean, what yeah, can you say? Actually, we're actually international baccalaureates. Right. We are global-minded thinkers. Global open-minded. Are we inqui- altruistic? Inquiring. Inquiring thinkers. Yeah. We're, we're truly the best that Portland has to offer. Right. I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland doesn't have, not they, the They're just boosting the curve, <laughs> right. man. All they're doing is lowering the mark bands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to Cleveland, but I mean, that. that's just an ongoing joke in the IB program at Lincoln that 
We're better than Cleveland. I'm sure they. Oh say- no, it, it's a simple fact that we're better than Cleveland. It's not. It's not a joke. It's just. It's um, may, it may be a sad truth, but you know we 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 have a we have a lot going for us, and I think it ends up probably helping our IB scores. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, no, but I mean, the reason why I had to guess on all these scores, not only was I didn't do it, because I didn't take right, yeah. a four of my six tests. Uh, actually, no, I, I didn't take... You only yeah, took one, right? I, I took two. Oh, okay. But I, Cam was obviously in COVID, so, and I, I got a six on it, uh, because if, you're, if your teacher gives you your suggested score, he thought I was going to get a six, but I'm pretty sure on the practice <laughs> test I got like a... I got 15 out of 45 right, oh, which nah. ended up being a four, but it was still not great. Um, and then, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't study at all for any of my tests because bio you have to study for it. I got COVID, so okay, then I just yeah. played golf for a week. Uh, Arabic didn't take, uh, and then math I didn't take either. So then just English and history, which are the two easiest ones, I just right. literally came in for two hours, wrote an essay, wrote a few left, essays, and, and dipped. Then, yeah, no way to study for and got my IB diploma, like everybody else that grinded their, um, that just grinded their ass off to get their way through. I just, yeah, I, I, I think I did the math. I think I played more golf rounds the, the week of uh, testing than test taken, so. That's the way to do it, It's right? a way to do it. So, pro tip to anybody in the future, get COVID or whatever incoming <laughs> yeah, get, plague get is going very on. That, sick. That, that will give you suggested scores, because that is what you want. Yeah, get extremely sick if you have the opportunity. Because um, suggested scores, like, they might be one point lower than you're expecting, but unless your plan is to go to, like, a European university where you have a contingent offer, matter. it does not matter, no. like, at all. So hopping into this next part, uh, I've, I was listening to Jack Harlow a few days ago, mm-hmm. and the song The Face of My City came on. And usually I'm just chilling when I listen to that song, but... Jack Harlow got me thinking for the first time, and something he doesn't do very often. Yeah, he. I wouldn't <laughs> say he's a guy that inspires profound thought. No, he's like, not. He's not K. Dot. He's not J. Cole. No, no, he's not a Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> artist by he's any my, any stretch of the imagination. But you know, Abe and I are both from Portland, Oregon, and the song "Face in My Study," "Face in My City," really struck a nerve this time because, for many years, I think Damian Lillard has been the undisputed face of Portland, but. I mean, as far as we know, he will not be coming in a few months. He's probably going to get traded to the Heat, or who knows where he's going to end up. There's no point in really worrying about probably it. Probably trade him for a bag of chips. Yeah, I mean, we're probably going to get. Probably going to suck for the next absolutely 15 nothing. years. Absolutely yeah. We're going to say we're rebuilding with Scoot, even though like he's got n- no one to help him. Yeah. Um. So what I'm wondering now is, with Dame out, who is the new face of Portland, Oregon? Well, let's see. So. On the Blazers, if we're talking just, right. you know, Blazers players, I, I think you got to say Scoot. Just because, you know, Nurk is a fat fuck who sucks at playing <laughs> basketball. Uh, Anthony Simons, I guess, is cool, but he's not like, he's not, he has a dunk contest and that's about it in yeah, his that's, life. That's pretty much it. All he had to do was kiss the rim and then somehow people yeah. knew about him. And uh, Shane Sharp is... About the same. Shane Sharp's basically just my age playing basketball in the NBA. I think yeah. he's actually the same age as Abe. Yeah, I know. I mean, Scoot is, yeah, Scoot, Scoot's the exact same age as me. Yeah. So Scoot and Shane Sharp are basically just. There's children out they're there. Out, they're making like they're... $10 million a year, and I'm sitting here making negative $80,000 a year at Middlebury. Uh... Boys amongst men. Yeah. So, so Scoot is a probably good bet. Uh, 
Let's see, other possibilities. Uh, I think Phil Knight's a good one, honestly. Obviously, uh, past his prime, but I think if he buys the Blazers... I think if he wants to buy the Blazers... And then... he, he's trying to get Jody Allen out of there. So if he can pry pry her uh, old ass out of the out of the penthouse at the top of right. the Moda Center, we're, uh, we're in business. I don't know, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I well, first I would like to say I would love Phil Knight to be the owner of the Blazers. I mean, some people don't just because he's a little bit more Republican than most Oregonians. We definitely pride ourselves in that that liberal, our liberal views. And, yeah, the li- liberal social thought. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, okay, Phil Knight may not share that, but he does share our passion for the Blazers being good at basketball. And you can't deny that the Ducks have the coolest jerseys in oh my the NCAA. In like, like the eggshells, that is the eggshell jersey is just the prime. It's the pinnacle of college football, right there. No. Yeah, I mean, did did Jody Allen pay for Marcus Mariota to come put almost win us a national championship in 2014? I don't think so. Yeah, did she buy him a Porsche? No, no, she didn't. Probably not. Guess I who mean, did? Phil Knight under the table. Yeah, slipped in the money. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a good one. Uh... I think yeah. switching games, not so much in the sports. I think Amine could be a, That's a good one. Could be a face of Portland. He definitely reps Portland a lot. I don't know. Yeah, he, 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 he has a concert coming up in September. Yeah, I mean he. he comes he's got he shoes now. Yeah, he's got his own New Balance actually. Um, he reps Portland in a lot of his music videos. Uh, I don't know. I think that's kind and of the Benson's one and only. Yeah, straight out of Benson. Yeah, I think one of his first songs is actually a Lincoln diss track. Actually, <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> got to do a live reaction. To that live at some reaction point. to the Lincoln diss track. Um, so Amina, I, don't know, I don't know if he'd be our, our uh, face of the city <laughs> if he's dissing Lincoln. Um, so I think other than Phil Knight and Amina, we really don't have anyone that's well recognized on the national scale. Yeah, I mean Portugal, um, the man is from Portland. Most people don't know about that, but I also yeah. don't know like. What he looks like? <laughs> no, I have no idea. Is, yeah, is, it a, is he a band? Is his exactly. Name Portugal? Actually, uh, actually, I have no I don't idea. Know. Um, let's see. Uh, obviously, uh, Ume Udoka is from Portland. But I wouldn't say he's exactly, exactly somebody want repping the city. No. I'm gonna say he's exactly a uh, proud, uh, you know, someone we want being a role model for everybody <laughs> for our children. Is uh, uh is Jack Ernest a sleeper? My boy just plays seventh good at one. nationals for rock climbing. Sleeper face of Portland right there. I mean, I I think that's that that it's a, it's a dark horse pick, but it's a good pick. Right. Um, let's see who else. Um, you know, I don't know. I think there's honestly not that many options. There's not many nationally recognized Portlanders. I mean, it's not exactly <laughs> no. the the pride of the nation right now in general. It's not. I, I would say coming at it from going to school in the East Coast, it's certainly not the thing that's the most popular about me and my personality <laughs> most people seem to know about the uh decriminalization of drugs and that's about it that's they, about they, the only they, i guess i'm excited about they, Portland. they're really excited to come visit for right. that, but then i'm like oh you actually want to come they're just like no nah, i'm gonna get shot yeah. <laughs> so i'm like not quite but you know that's not exactly what happens here no it does um so that's an interesting topic that, I mean, we we'll, might have to touch back on in a later episode. Yeah, for sure. A clear face of Portland does emerge because, I mean, Dame, he repped Portland so hard. He's got that big tattoo rip city across his back, Dalla? I think. Yeah. yeah. 
So sick. He loved Portland's, and then now he he, he owns that Toyota dealership. Right, exactly. <laughs> Helping out the local community. <laughs> he just got a Team Lillard yeah. uh, seven on seven team. Yeah, no, no, Houston Lillard. Yeah, he, he his brother came to coach Jeff for a year. Sucked. Right, and just left. <laughs> just dipped. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Great guy for the community, but now he's now torpedoing the future of our franchise. So. Right, now there's absolutely nothing going no, for us. No, no hate, but yeah, I don't think Dame is our face of the face of the city anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately not. I mean, for those, like, just to show how much people in Portland love Dame, like, as part of the PPS prescribed English <laughs> class for sophomores, you read one of his essays called Loyalty Over Everything and, like, write your own version of it. Are you serious? Um, yeah. I like, never had to do that. My sophomore year, and like, it, and I talked to my friends at other schools, like, oh, yeah, we did that, too. Like, that just shows, like, if Damian Lillard ran for mayor of Portland, I have no doubt he would win. Yeah. I mean, our city government's a Not yet. train crash right now. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd vote that, for Dame. As, everyone as, would. <laughs> as a Portland voter, I would vote for Damian Lillard over whoever else is there. Yeah. Yeah, as a new, I'm actually, I've never voted yet, but I just turned 18. So pretty Ooh, soon, newly franchised. Yeah, watch out, watch the ballots for me. This is actually funny. Abe and I were just watching a little Ali G. We're uh, big Ali G fans. He had an interesting take on um, whether or not you should be able to vote and like when that age comes upon us. Yeah, according to Ali G, if if you have pubes, you can vote, and if you don't, you can't vote. I think as brought up by the other person in the clip, really enforcing this would be the most difficult. But, but luckily, Ali G has volunteered to check all the women and fulfill his civic duty. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, for those, when, if you're ever bored, just go check out Ali G videos. Like they're just on anything, anything for Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> is just it's electric. It's peak and it's so funny. Yeah. All right, is there uh, anything else you want to touch upon? Um, Some golf? We want to talk about the golf? Oh, we should talk about playing. golf. Yeah, but I've been playing a lot of golf together with uh, our friend, our good friend Will LeFleur and then my twin brother Ian. Jack sometimes makes an appearance. And then his brother Jack, Jay Money, will often uh, show up as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Abe and Will, they're, they're respectable golfers. And then me respectable and, subjective, but yeah. And then me and Ian really aren't. Like, when we go out there and we have no idea what we're doing. I, I think novice is maybe a good term to describe it as. I think uh, novice is a generous term. You're, I mean, you are probably better than my girlfriend, but she is not someone who likes golf at all. Right. Oh, I love golf. I mean, I get out there, I have a great time. I shake a bunch of balls. I hit everyone. Every once in a while, I hit one straight. That's what keeps you coming back. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you cook like one drive a game, exactly. and it's great. Like one it's, out of nine. Yeah, exactly. Uh... But it's, you know, it's a good time. I, I think Quail Valley has really just evolved into the mecca for us for golf. Yeah, it's, we originally used to play Redtail, and Will, he, it was credit to Will, suggested we play Quail one day, and it was the best decision I think we made all summer. Because Redtail, especially for someone like me who doesn't hit them very straight, it's pretty wooded on each side. Yeah. Um, the maintenance on the course isn't quite as good, and usually you oh, have... the course sucks. It's <laughs> bushly. You look at every trash can, they got about a 30-rack of Coors in there. And... <laughs> a bunch of, like, yeah. Dude, it, especially, there's, like, people like Coors banquets oh, yeah. around the... I think uh... you see a lot of banquets at Red Tail. Yeah. It's more it's more classy out in Quill. Um, oh, should we, should we talk about our summer employment? Oh. oh. And then we can get into LinkedIn, actually, something we need to touch on. But I've been working in the food sector at the Oregon Zoo. Uh... Very convenient for me, not far from where I live. 
Uh, I've really been enjoying it. The pay has been shockingly good. Yeah. It's, it's impressed me for sure. I'm not going to disclose my wage on the air. I mean, I don't... No, think... no. You, you don't want to just make others feel bad they're making right. less than you. Exactly. I can't do that right now, but just know that I am making more than you, and probably a lot more than you are. Um, yeah. For it doing... actually really, it just means that you have more value as a person than them if you make more money. Exactly. The more money in my bank account, the more valued I am. Yeah. I mean, you're mad because you don't have the money that Thomas has. Exactly. Like, and you're mad because poor. You're mad because you're working. You're actually doing stuff at work. Like, I go in there, cook up some elephant ears, work a register for a bit. Around 3 o'clock each day, it gets pretty slow. I usually turn on a podcast, which is uh, where my inspiration for this came. And then I'm just chilling for a few hours. And then, Abe, walk us through the life of a uh, Mallory... What's your what's your official oh, title? Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm a global product development intern at Mallory, which uh, really is just just shows how prestigious my job right. is. Right. I mean that is that title is amazing. Obviously, I don't get tips, but I do make more money than Thomas as a verifiable <laughs> fact. So um, this is my third year at Mallory. So you know I'm a three year veteran at this point. It, it's a franchise I'm, position. I, I, I'm approaching probably my first uh, my first uh, max contract. I would say. Yeah, is the a managerial role coming yeah, up soon? Yeah. Um, the first year I just made eBay ads for like drill bits <laughs> for an entire year with. A bunch of other degenerates who <laughs> do not need to be intern. named. Uh, no, I was a dead stock employee, but I do mm. believe that my uh, em- my uh, boss just referred to just jokingly, I guess half jokingly, just said we were just his bitch all summer. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and so my, my summer as my boss's bitch was pretty bad. Uh, and then the last summer, I worked as a uh, global product development intern, and so. That essentially just means that I reach out to basically I offshore American jobs, I guess. Right. I, That's I, what I've heard. I find something like a screwdriver, and I'm like, oh, I bet they could make this in China. And so I go on Alibaba and I find stuff. I find a factory that makes top quality screwdrivers, and I just see if they can make a screwdrivers. So um, yeah, that's what I did. And so last year we created a line of um, flashlights, okay. hand warmers, all types of stuff, good stuff. But this summer it's been a lot of data entry, which is incredibly boring, which means lots of time for podcasts. Lots of time for podcasts. From what you describe, I mean, it sounds pretty involved. Like the stuff you're doing, I'm kind of surprised they're entrusting high schoolers with it. I mean, there is a good bit of nepotism involved. Uh, <laughs> one of my friend's dads is the company CEO. The truth comes out, everyone. Uh, yeah, but... Really, it's been. It has a great title. It looks great on a resume. It does. It does um, look good. One of my colleagues from last year is now working on a congressional campaign, and he says it's basically because of the title. Wow. Um, and yeah, this year I'm with Degenerates again, kind of like my first summer, but they do something other than what I do. But uh, we actually the high. So with all the data entries, been pretty boring. But I've we've been spicing it up with daily trips to Seven Eleven. We've made it our mission to try every single hot food item at 7-Eleven. So what, so far, what is the best hot food item at 7-Eleven? Well, today we have a new winner. It's the uh, hot dog, the Big Bite. Is that a separate from your kind of traditional rolled gas station hot dog? No, it's exactly the same. <laughs> but, like, they have pretty good toppings. Oh, you know, you oh. get, they got onions, they mm. got pickles, they got all this stuff. And originally, our the thing we had before that was the best was the cheese pizza. Because you get two slices for $2.00. Oh wow! So it's really you're out. You get a lunch for two dollars. Yeah, 
Those are very good. The taquitos are pretty solid, but Nazca's is oh. a cheese pizza. Avoid the boneless wings at all costs. <laughs> I was on the toilet about half an hour later. I think any chicken-based <laughs> item from fast food yeah. is just not okay. Though that was not good. Um, yeah, those are horrible. The meat lover's pizza even is pretty bad. I was teaching them in general avoid meat. Me, yeah. Other than hot dogs. I mean, because those rolled hot dogs, like, they're, it's they're pretty cooked. hard for them to they, go They've bad. been cooked for about four hours. <laughs> yeah. like, they're okay. Yeah. And, of course, it was National Hot Dog Day, so I got a hot dog for a dollar. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of the, uh, the professional life, another grind Abe and I have been going on. Aside from our work grinds, our school grinds, our golf grinds. Somehow we've managed to fit in time for our LinkedIn grinds. Of course. Um, probably my favorite app at the moment. I made an account a while ago, but just recently have I really started grinding my connections, updating my profile. And my profile's looking okay without much reputable work experience. It's just mainly my education. My bilingual IB diploma does look quite nice, along with the Oregon Steel of Bioliteracy. Pretty happy about those. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning of the summer, Abe and I really started grinding to get our connections up. And I'm sitting at 112 connections. Um, I, I was looking at it today, and you've really been on your grind. I, I think at been. one point I edged ahead of you. You were you were a bit ahead of me at one point. And then it looks like, well, um, one of my friends made fun of me and told me that, like, you know, why am I filling all my connections with, like, a bunch of people from high school? So I got, like, self-conscious for a few days, and that's really when you kind of picked it up. Yeah, I was I, not I, feeling self-conscious. I was on my grind for about the last day. I think I'm, I'm up over 100 now. I'm at yeah, 100, I just, 103. I just looked at you at 103. Um, you viewed my profile. Uh, one of, I think, 84 profile viewers right now yeah. is the tally, I think, for I the think month. I, I think I'm, like, at 50, so you, you're kicking my butt. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm really getting after it on the LinkedIn. Uh, great app. I got a bunch oh, of my friends awesome hooked. awesome app. I think the question I have is, at what point... In your li- in a young person's life, does LinkedIn, oh, like a LinkedIn page or their LinkedIn feed, overtake their Instagram feed in terms of importance? Like at what age? In in terms of importance for their life or what they care about the most, like what should be most important or what they think is most important. I think probably what should be most important. I would say twenty. One or 20. 21 so once you get into that real I, job I, search. I think when you're going for your sophomore internship okay i think that's when it matters but as you, you really if you, if you get to i mean by the time you graduate college if you get to 500 connections oh, that's you're in a good huge place. but once, I, I have you know there's some kids at middlebury who are just complete degenerates <laughs> on it i mean they have 600 connections and they're freshmen and, oh, that's incredible. I mean, the the finance grind is just different. I think but, that's the difference. It depends on the field. Like, yeah. I also um, think uh, <laughs> labeling the work at Mallory as an internship. Oh no, that was that was the title they gave me. Really? Yeah, they told me. Really? I, it's a paid internship. A paid internship. Wow. Yeah. And the dead stock intern for eBay ads is what I'm seeing. As oh, did I say intern? I should probably just say dead stock employee. <laughs> I, I should change that. That that that's a good. Catch. I, I did not realize it listed as an internship. Otherwise, I'm scrolling down Abe's right now, checking out Lincoln. He's got his high school diploma. Ivy Home recipient. He's got his GPA on there to his team captainship of skiing and football. And then on Middlebury, he's got his rugby team, summer intern lab, and then finance community. So I think your, in, your LinkedIn page is looking really good right now, Abe. Definitely better than mine. I think I got some work to do. Hopefully come college time. I, I think my extra year of experience and wisdom is probably helping me it's, out it's there, catapulting you into a new realm yeah I, I would say you know right now like 
I'm not only earning more than you, but I have a better LinkedIn better profile. LinkedIn I think page. really just my value as a human is. The only is, redeeming quality I have right now is many more Instagram followers than you. Oh yeah, how many you got? Let's see, I have, I have 959 Instagram followers. Oh, you're, yeah, I'm at like 600. And then, so Abe, Abe does have a lot less, so. No, I, so I, I think we're probably pretty even. I think in terms of like them. value as humans, we yeah. gotta be kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what else you could use to determine your value as a human. Um, let's see, you could probably do more push-ups than I can. I think I probably, well, actually, push-ups aren't really my strength, because there's you, nothing you, you there's climbing. Do more I can do more pull-ups. I bet you I can probably bench more than you. Yeah, Okay. See, it's really it's just like, like we're this very equal. This is yeah. difficult to tie. Uh, I don't know. I think we just have to leave it at the fact that in terms of our value as as human beings, Abe and I are very similar. Yeah, we're very high up. Yeah, I, I would say definitely like top like thousand people in the universe. I would say like, yeah. I mean, hot take. There's no other people in the universe. Like no other life. I don't care what kind of what beings, people, whatever you call them. It's just us out here on Earth. <laughs> no aliens? <laughs> no aliens. No aliens? They, they I, think out there? I think there's absolutely nothing out there. I don't know if I agree with that one, but I do think, like, out there in the world, it's probably, like, LeBron. Right. Uh, I don't know. LeBron, Barack Obama. Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Probably Malala and then us. Right. I mean, it's hard to beat Malala. I mean, Malala did get shot in the head. And it's still... That, actually, that isn't incredible yeah like that is incredible yeah that's like harry potter type stuff right there yeah i mean and that's a harry potter for the viewers that didn't know this that's not real like that yeah, actually, yeah harry potter was made up harry by potter's a transphobic author harry potter is actually fiction for those that are unaware yeah so that's so she is the real life chosen one so i think when you consider our rank like the people you just mentioned are all living people a top 10 is a safe bet. I think it's going to be towards the end of ten, you know, eight, nine. Yeah, range. I, I don't. You know, I think we're realistic. Right. That's like, the importance. I, I really pride myself on being humble, and I think saying I am ahead of LeBron James just is not factual. Like, no, I, I, I have not. Hard. I have not built the I Promise School yet. I have not gifted Cleveland a championship. No, and that is something that only LeBron can do, which is why we put ourselves yeah. below him, but. You know, that list of people above us is small. I think when you take a look at all time, it might grow a, a bit. Like, Julius Caesar was pretty sick. Like, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's committed several war crimes that I just don't know about. Right, but they're undocumented. They're undocumented. And when we Can't hold it against talk them. about it, we mostly talk about, you know, how he just grew executive power to a huge extent in the Roman Empire. And he I mean, had a really cool name. Like, his name is... Sick so, name. I mean, so he has a salad dressing named after him now. Yeah, that is amazing. Like, I don't have a salad dressing. Yeah, not yet, at least. Yeah. Um, um, who else is pretty incredible? I think um, we've, Beethoven comes to mind, but I also think, like, Beethoven's music is kind of dead. Like, you go to the club, you turn on their station, like, you're on yeah, Live 95.5, there's, no there's no Beethoven. Like, he's no, not on there. No, no, I mean... Yeah, I, th- I think you could probably say that even someone like Rihanna is cooler than Beethoven. Yeah, I mean, actually, I I think I think Rihanna's cooler than us too. I'm yeah, not gonna lie, we, we we aren't billionaires yet. I think after the halftime show, it's hard to put show, Rihanna. I mean, she she, 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 she showed they're pregnant. Neither of us are even capable of having a child. Right. I mean, that catapults her above us. And then 
Another historical figure that comes to mind is King Tut, like one of the youngest primes ever. Yeah, I mean, he was in his prime of what, nine? At nine years old, incredible. But that prime only lasted 18 years, eight years when he, 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 di- he died younger than we are now. He never lived to see this prime that we're about to hit. So, so he probably never played die. I don't know if he did. Like he. So, so then is his life worth living? There's a lot of things that King Tut never did because of his early departure that I think yeah. hold him back from being ahead of us on the all-time rank. But, I mean, Beethoven's surely not ahead of us because even King Tut has no idea who Beethoven is. King Tut's never heard of Beethoven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, if, you, if even King Tut hasn't heard about you... If like, King Tut never jammed out to Beethoven, I mean, you can't be that high. King Tut would want to listen to Talking with TK. He, he would. may not have been able to, but he would have. I don't think he would have if liked... If we put Talking with TK on with King Tut, he would probably be so astounded. He might still be alive. Yeah, it might resurrect him. Yeah. Like, if we put it on his mummy, he might... Dude, this he might is, sit up. He could be guys in Indiana like, Jones to go do that. Yeah, I mean, like you just throw some beats on King Tut. I think if you put on the beat studio with talking with TK playing, King Tut might just come alive. Maybe live podcast recording at the tome of King Tut. Because one thing people don't know about King Tut is he's the original TK Tutankhamun. This is why you're just the best in the game. Today. This is why I'm this running is, it. This, this is, is why I run the game. Yeah, it, it's Thomas's world. We all just <laughs> living in it. So, I mean, it is kind of hard to place us on the all-time list, but I think if there was an all-time list for kind of like you know NBA top seventy-five, if there were just a world top seventy-five, we're in it comfortably. There's no yeah. debate. We're a shoe. We, we, we aren't Dame sitting there at seventy-five. No, we're not like that. We're we're at the top. There's never a question as to whether or not we should be in it. Everyone looks at the list, they see us on it, and they're like, okay, that's, that's accurate. That's how it should be. It's almost like, I don't want to say we're like an afterthought that we're on the list. Right. We're on the list, but like, it's not at all controversial. No, it's I mean, not people, at all. People aren't arguing about us not, you know, being top five. Like, no one's going to be mad that we're behind LeBron. Of course. But, you know, because we're on the list, there's nothing problematic about us being there. Do you think LeBron might be like, the greatest human ever that's tough because ultimately he's still living he's right. certainly a better better human than jordan i think he's on the trajectory to maybe be the greatest human being ever i mean yeah most certainly like, i think people don't realize about that about lebron like i don't know who else is in that conversation yeah. um like no one else has taken their town to south beach no. won two gold medals Right. Built an entire high school. Yeah, built a school. Imagine, imagine you're like being naughty at school, and, and just, LeBron just comes down there to yell at like, you. Don't make me call LeBron. Uh, yeah, don't make me call down Bron Bron. <laughs> don't make me call down LBJ. Don't, don't, king, don't like, let me call the king. Like, yeah, LeBron, he comes. Are you serious right now? <laughs> I am disappointed in you. Yeah, I mean. He's, he's pretty intimidating when he jumps up on the scorer's table after he hits a game winner. Like, right. Imagine if he did that on the desk. Exactly. On the teacher's desk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he he is Cleveland. He is. The river catches on fire, but at least they have Braun. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Portland, we don't have the face of the city right now. It's always been LeBron, bro. Like, For Cleveland? It's always been LeBron. Even except, when he was in... Except, except, no, no, they did bring the jerseys in tw- 2010. Right, not, not in Miami. But I feel like even now when he's in L.A., he's still the face of Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my—I mean, not when he was in Miami. The, the, the Lakers <laughs> want to put him on the Rush, Mount Rushmore, but 
he's he, he's he's a calf. He's a calf through and through. So now um, that we've wrapped up that very serious notion, I'm gonna introduce an episode or a segment special for Abe because. Ooh. Abe is someone I hope to have on talking with TK many times. Hopefully he'll phone in from college, um, give us that valuable insight of what it's like to be a sophomore at an elite, small university. I mean, this is why you make those those LinkedIn connections to exactly. know a sophomore at Middlebury. Like, if I didn't, ha- it might be one of a couple centers in the universe. I mean, certainly there's another one in uh, UC San Diego. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, but this quest, this uh, this segment is called Abe's Babes. Abe has been in a long-standing relationship that has lasted well over four months, and it is pretty remarkable because I know none of my listeners have ever done accomplished that. Like he is alone in that category. I have never accomplished that. None of you guys have ever accomplished that. And asking for a friend, Abe, what is your best advice for getting into a relation, getting into a relationship? And then staying in that relationship. Ooh, I mean, it's tough because, you know, I even though I have the privilege that I have, in fact, held hands with a girl, I don't know if I consider myself to be, like, a scholar on the issue, per se. Maybe not an expert. I mean... Not a savant. I, I had the, you know, I had the, 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 the good fortune of, like, you know, I, you know, at the same time as... like my girlfriend liked me at the same time that I liked her so it was like you know really just a collision of two powerful forces that just made made relationship making so much easier like but at the same time I think that's a powerful lesson you don't if you if you're having to talk a girl into having a relationship with you it's something ain't right (laughs) so it's probably not a winning formula so I guess you know uh try to pick up on signals that uh, if someone's if someone's into you and uh can result in something good. Be realistic. Be, be realistic. Real, be realistic, and one day you might be just like me and be, be able to hold hands with a girl if you ask nicely. If you're lucky. I mean, the, the TK listeners, you guys gotta get lucky. That's I mean, the key. You know, TK has been dubbed disabled by some, so you know, <laughs> by you, some, you have some work but to not by all. Not by all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, stay in a relationship. Um, you know, I think you gotta, um, you, you know, you really have to be making sure that you uh, realize that girls, in fact, do have more than the customary four male emotions of sad, angry, happy, and hungry. Right, that's kind of, that's all we got. So, as long as you recognize that and realize that, like, some things, you know, they're difficult to understand, but just because you don't understand them, don't understand them doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You just kind of got to like, you know, if there's like some frustration going on that doesn't make any sense because like, you know, you asked her a question that you thought was like nice, like just like apologize and <laughs> say you're sorry. apologizing your is apologizing is usually the best policy. You, you it's never worth going. Would you to say the mat. apologizing might even be op? Does it need to be nerfed? I, I yeah, I think a sincere apology. There's never a time when it's yeah. unless unless you are in trouble, <laughs> yeah. unless I mean, it is actually your fault. <laughs> if it's, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know, in general, making amends is good for longevity because you know, ghosting people or uh, in long-term anger is never productive. No, I wouldn't say. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to not hold hands for several 
months, if not forever. I mean, forever. If, if you're looking for holding hands, you're going to want to be apologetic. Um, yeah, and understand emotional. Exactly. Emo- emotional depth. I mean, that's what we're preaching here on Talking with TK. It's, yeah. It's next level stuff. So, wrapping up Abe's Babes, look for, look for that on the next time we have Abe on here. I'm going to be introducing our true recurring segment, which will be every single episode. It's called Thomas's Promises, where I and my guest will give some predictions for things that blatant, just truly will happen. I mean, it's not for debate. They're certainties. They're promises. Right. It's a promise. If I tell you that a certain horse is going to win in Saratoga in three weeks, you place the bet right now. You get on that plane to Saratoga. Yeah. Get like, to Saratoga. Yeah. And then... Put your child's college savings on it, and if it loses, second mortgage maybe. I yeah, mean, I mean, this is just like I mean, you got to have the um, surgery that Gino had about Boogie Cousins beating uh, Brittany Griner. Exactly. One one. Get I mean, a second mortgage, like put all the money. Put you can everything on. on it, and yeah. if it loses, it's the Rothschild's fault. Yeah, exactly. If you know, if the horse was paid off to lose, it's that's on us. Because when I when I promised you this at this moment in time, I knew it was gonna win. Yes. Okay. So do you want to lead? Yeah, I will give the first Thomas's promises, and that is that within the next few years, the Washington Commanders will change their name again. Hundred percent agree with that. I think with new ownership coming in, I think that uh, they're gonna recognize that Snyder's dumpster fire of a team needs some reforming. I mean. It says something when a literal slur has more clout than right. the current name. I mean, when it's still I, used more than the current I, name. And you know, actually, I still, I most, I have a lot of friends at Middlebury that are um, Washington football team fans, shall we say? And I don't know any of them that call it the Commanders. Actually, most people just call it the Skins. They, they, they don't. They, they didn't evolve past saying the full name. It's a little better, I would. I would say yeah. it's not yeah. great. But it's because it's alluding to the full. It's name. It's alluding to the full name. Uh, but the fact that most, yeah, that people still call it that name more than they call it the Commanders. I mean, I didn't realize they weren't the Commanders until like week three, and I was watching every week. Yeah, I didn't. My mom didn't realize until about a week ago, and yeah. then I, I took a second to think about the team name. I, it yeah. didn't come to me naturally. Yeah, I mean, we, we have to just. I mean, maybe next time I'm on, we have to think about some better names. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, okay, so my second one is contingent that. Uh, Lillard, of course, is no longer on the Blazers, which increasingly looks like we might just say fuck you to Pat Riley and just keep him. But um, I think that if Damian Lillard is on the team, I think that the Blazers will win less games in the first 20 games of the season than they won in all of Summer League, which, of course, is three. Three of five. So I think we will go, at best, three and 17 in the first few weeks of the year i think scoot's good but not good enough that's to... about it yeah i don't think a 19 year old person a 19 year old child is going to carry a team past you know a fossil in lebron but no. somehow still a mobile fossil and i think it's kind of hard to argue with that it just seems true I and mean, i don't know if i can name a team in the west that were better than no i don't think i could maybe the spurs <laughs> wemby if if uh, if if maybe if Cat has a mental breakdown, uh, the, maybe the T Wolves. Yeah, maybe. But Anthony Edwards big... is better than everybody on our team. So, all right. My next promise is that talking with TK will surpass my personal Instagram account and followers within one year or like thirty episodes. So whichever that kind of comes last, I guess. I mean, we just discussed you, several Instagram followers. I have a lot. 
I mean, I have more than, to more than 40. That. I have more than 40. Well more. Wow. Like, well over 40 followers. <laughs> that's incredible. That's a that, lot. That, that's, that, that's, that's at least, like, three more than I can even think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's a big promise. Okay. Uh, my next uh, promise is that playing die will reach Lincoln High School in the greater Portland area in the next year to... Three years, maybe. And the, my primary reason for just saying this is global warming. Yeah, I mean, that is hard evidence hey, that it is will happen. Yeah, I had never even heard of this game existing. And then I go to Middlebury, and all my friends from these warmer climates, they play it all summer. And, you know, there's plenty of people here who have plenty of time during the summer who don't do anything. <laughs> like, you know, both of our brothers. Right, I mean, they, they are doing nothing. They, they should be playing die every day. Yeah, they should be just getting their, their tosses Get, dialed in. their tosses. In. And I think as it gets warmer, I think there is no way that die does not become dominant. People just sit in houses now and play half-hard games of Pong. It's just depressing. Yeah. Die is, die is for the fellas. Pong, Nothing... Pong's been at the top for too long. It's gotten complacent. It's gotten complacent. And, you know, you can't throw a jersey on, a backwards hat, and some sunglasses and play Pong for five hours. You get bored. You would get bored. Yeah. And the, the jorts and, the, uh, and a Kobe jersey always hit when you're playing die. Kobe. Kobe. All right. My next promise, and this is most definitely a promise. It's not up for debate anyway, is that next time Abe and I play the scramble against our good friends Will and my brother Ian, we will most definitely beat them. We've been absolutely grinding. We were out there at Quail Valley just a few days ago. Ian and Will were nowhere to be seen. They were just nowhere. They, they weren't in the lab. Yeah, they No. So, I think that's a certainty. I don't think we even need to discuss that. Yeah, it's a certainty. Um, my uh, next uh, promise is that Olivia Rodrigo will be seen as a one-hit wonder in the flop. I think that she has, I'll say, one and a half bangers. I, I think Good For You is an absolute heat. I think Driver's License was good, but I've just heard it too many times. I think the rest of that album was hot trash. And I think that it's going to be even more harder for her to replicate that success because... You know, she wrote him as the 16-year-old girl crying in her room. It's going to be tough when you have a platinum album. I mean, I haven't heard any of her new stuff. I've just recently heard that she has new stuff. Which yeah, just... I mean, I, I, yeah, we were talking about it before we aired. It's I heard it, and my girlfriend and I heard it, and we turned it off for about 15 days. It's just sad. And it's I, I didn't it's even not know a it club there. banger. I didn't even know it was there. All right, my yeah. last promise is that with all of the debate about the college admissions scandal in the system— Within five years, the college admission system will be exactly like football recruiting. There will be ranked recruits, there will be a draft, and it'll be live on Fox News. It'll be that would be electric. It'll be, I mean, it, you just, just bet on who the, gets picked. The viewing, like the, it'll be amazing. I would love to watch that once a year. Like, you know, you have a few different ranking systems. You got a power system. Well, I think it might be. It'd be like yeah, it'd be a multi-week TV event. Right, I think, or even you could just watch. Like, oh, I think it maybe might you be just watch the lottery. If you, did picks. A, you know, if they did a, uh, yeah, you just lottery maybe the top thirty schools. Right, but I think it might be really interesting if you do it auction style, mm. and they bid on it in student aid. Oh, you know, if my first pick, we give them a Porsche and full ride scholarship. Okay, we get you know. Kyler in my grade, and you got Stanford. Right, because it, it, it's, it's the student. Yeah, you got all the, the schools down in the auction house. Yeah, they put up the 
like the recruiting profile of one of these students. And then, yeah, in addition to, you know, full ride scholarship, best dorms, you got to offer a bit more. You got to go beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, homie Trevor, who has a three, two in like a 1080 mm-hmm. is probably, you know, getting a bag of chips from, I don't know, Oregon. Yeah. He's getting, um, a gift card maybe for yeah, he, he $15. Make... No, no, no. It's like, like $5 to 86 cents. Yeah, I mean, like, so, so someone's it was fifteen, but the GM spent about nine dollars of it on his way into work today. So you can get whatever's left. That I think that's that's electric. Right. That, that's a great. That'd idea. be amazing. Um, okay, my uh, next prediction is that Tostitos hint of lime chips in the next year will be banned by the FDA for having addictive chemicals in them. I mean, at this point, I think that every bag I bought in the stadium, Fred Meyer. Must just have vent in it. I think what's happening at Fred Meyer is that most of the junkies outside are using the hint of lime to they, store most of their product, and that's they, you know, yeah. they don't want it on their person. So when they see the opposition roll up, they put it in the hint of lime. They go put it on the shelves. Some of them sell, but the majority they don't. So they they get it back at the end of the day. But right when you do go to buy them, there's something in those chips that isn't natural. I mean, have you ever? eaten hint of lime chips and not eaten more than you should have in at least half a jar of salsa. Never. Not once. Yeah. See? So there's no other explanation. Alright, I think. Is that all from us? That's all I got. That's all I got. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it to the end, you're a goat. Follow us on Instagram. Thank you so much. Be- Peace. And be sure to put money on all those promises. Right, exactly. They're happening. <laughs> <laughs>